This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, finally, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray, joined as always by my brother out on the west side of Los Angeles, Nando Vila. Welcome back, my boy. It feels good to be back. I missed you, man. Missed uh, you. Same. Hope of course, well. I missed you guys as well. I uh, missed the past few weeks because... Um, Unfortunately, on February the 20th, I lost my mom um, pretty suddenly and obviously very tragically. Uh, she passed away at the age of 74. Um, you know, obviously super close to my mom, very influential in the person who I am, my morals, my values, basically all the shit that I believe in, um, I got from my mom. Um, she was just a very wonderful, special person. With me, my siblings, my family members, we were able this past weekend to give her a nice send-off. A lot of family flew in to to pay their respects. And it was just dope to be around, you know, my family, even under the terrible circumstances. But, you know, obviously I'm going to miss my mom. Uh, just a very important person in my life. And not just to me, like, she touched a lot of people. Um, she was that kind of person. And so, obviously, we're going to miss you. Rest in peace to my mom, Rose Therese LeConte uh forever missed um and yeah and um thank you everybody who reached out to me man um on socials with well wishes uh obviously that shit means a lot was really 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 heartfelt um appreciate it obviously my family appreciates all the well wishes so appreciate you guys for that um that being said we're back you know uh yeah. no no real way to segue from you know uh the tragedy of death but man um Ukraine and, and Russia is pretty much the only thing that's in the news these days, Nando. Like, there's literally nothing else that anyone is talking about or thinking about. And even me, like, I, you know, it's my job to be up on the NBA, and I barely kept up with any of that stuff while I was out on bereavement. But I found myself, you know, paying attention to a lot of the rhetoric around uh, Russia invading Ukraine, right? And um, 
man, you know, so ill too, what I kept thinking about and why I'm so fascinated by it is that one, you know, our good friend, Daniel Bessner, who does the American Prestige podcast, which, you know, all they do is focus on foreign policy and foreign affairs for weeks and weeks and weeks. You know, uh, Derek has basically been like, look, like Putin has never really done anything this irrational. There's no reason to think that he's yeah. going to do it this time. Maybe this is bluster. Maybe he wants some concessions about X, Y, and Z. But it's hard to believe that he's going to do something this destructive and irrational. It doesn't track with really anything that he's done in the past. And so, like, while, you know, Western media was frothing at the mouth immediately because that's what they always do around things related to war, most of the sort of level-headed people were like, he's not going to really do this. And as we got closer and closer and closer till he actually did the thing and invaded, everybody's kind of dumbfounded. And like, honestly, N Nando, what I found most interesting about this is that nobody can figure out what's really truly motivating Putin, what he wants to get yeah. out of this, what his aims, I just can't come up with good answers. Um, and I was wondering where you were with all of that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the that's what's been so shocking about this is you're right. You know, we've been talking about it for a while. Uh, we talked about it on our last pod that like there are certain things behind it and that there are kind of somewhat legitimate Russian security concerns. Like we don't have to like say whether they're justified or not, but, you know, it's the kind of thing that if you put yourself in their position, you know, dangling a military alliance on to their neighbors is a, is a, is a hostile act. You know, we would, we would, um, if Russia signed a military alliance with Mexico or even attempted to like, or even dangled it as a possibility, we would, we would invade Mexico the next day. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I think you're right that, um, it, it caught a lot of people off guard because, um, the scale of the invasion, um, was something that is so insane because there is no good option for him now. Like he kind of has painted himself into a corner, um, in that there is no great out for him. Like if they're going to fight this war, it looks like they're in for a long, messy counterinsurgency type war much like the one we had in Afghanistan for 20 years, where it's like you kind of control the country, but you kind of don't at the same time. And then just people are just dying every day um, slowly in this kind of low boil conflict as the, the native people of the country kind of rise up to defend the invaders. Um, and that's kind of what's happening in Ukraine. It's the early days. We It's really impossible to tell what the situation on the ground is and like how, you know, whether Russia is going to do a quick victory or whether Ukraine is going to stand, you know, stand and defend. But it does, it did seem like a totally irrational thing to do um, given the, the pressures that we're on. And it's like, you know, the effects are just like, they're mind boggling beyond the actual war. Um, you know, the, the sanctions that have come down are so extreme you know, that I don't know that he anticipated them um, or if he was prepared to weather them. Uh, but he he must have expected something dramatic uh, in the wake of such a full scale invasion. But like, you know, random shit, like, for example, Russia is the largest wheat exporter in the world. <laughs> OK, you know, like no one exports more wheat to the world than Russia. Um, 
For example, Egypt. This I heard this on the Radio Wardner podcast, which is also highly recommended. Egypt, random ass country not involved in the conflict, is the <laughs> largest importer of wheat in the world. All of which comes from Russia, or most of which comes from Russia. Right. This conflict and the sanctions on Russia are going to cause a huge spike in bread prices in Greece, in Egypt. Not a very stable country, right. you know. Um, you know, you can imagine the, the the ripple effects of something. This is just one example, and there's like dozens of other ones like that. You know, like Russia, uh, for example, uh, exports a lot of the world's fertilizers. That's just like what they do. They mm. they export fertilizers, like a, almost like a, around between twenty percent and a third of the world's various different types of fertilizers get exported from Russia. Uh, so that's going to cause, yeah, prices of food all around the world to go up, and that usually causes huge instability all over the world. Um, you know, not to mention in some place like in a place like the Middle East, where it's always kind of unstable. Um, th this conflict is going to cause a huge refugee crisis, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's going to destabilize all of the countries of Europe because they're going to welcome in these uh, Ukrainian refugees. And then you got to do something with them. And trust me, people don't like people don't like the French and the Italians and the Germans. And they're the not whatever. they're not fond they of. Like. People no. from that part of the world at all. No, 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 no. Right now they're all standing tall with Ukraine. But like in two years when there's like, you know, a bunch of Ukrainians in their neighborhoods, uh, they're not going to be as happy about it. And it's going to cause it's going to warp all the politics of, of Europe uh, dramatically. Um, you know, so many things like from the, the, the them kicking uh, the, the West uh, kicking uh, Russia off the swift banking system, which is basically just the, the thing that allows money to flow around the world. transactions, uh, electronic transactions. Yeah. Right. Yeah, uh, the the ripple effects of that could be massive, you know, like it could create a situation in which like if Russia is forced to, um, you know, get off like the, the dollar as the reserve currency, like is that going to create a alternative sphere? Like are the Chinese going to be like, maybe we all should, maybe we should just get together a few people and just like get off the dollar as the reserve currency. I don't know, <laughs> like it's, I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm just saying like these are the, the weird possibilities that could happen given that, um, it is such a direct confrontation between um, the West, largely, uh, you know, broadly speaking, and a major power like like Russia. I mean, it's just it's just absolutely wild. Yeah. And, you know, we can get into this. There's a lot to get into because I feel like there's this is legitimately an onion that needs to be peeled, like legitimately all the layers that need to be considered, especially when you especially from our vantage point as you know american citizens um because i don't like again i don't think i don't think americans generally spend a lot of time thinking about vladimir putin right like mm. and who he is and what he cares about and what motivates him right and 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 that's what i want to spend a little bit of time on because you know i think we spent a, a good amount of time talking about just like look like this whole nato allow uh, alliance shit in Ukraine. Um, first of all, there's a lot of great arguments that could be made that there was no use for NATO after the Soviet Union collapsed. It was just like, what, what's the point of this fucking entity now? Like, we don't have this big, bad, looming power that's going to replace liberal capitalist democracy with authoritarianism, communism. Oh, it's so scary, Nando. Like, we don't got that no more. Like, Russia's just not that type of threat. They just not, not militarily. Like they can't dominate the continent 
the way the Nazis tried to, right? Or the way the Nazis did straight up, like they just straight up and invaded. Could, and could. You know what I mean? And could, right? Like invaded Poland and fucking conquered France. And like, yeah, like Russia can't do that. Like they don't have that uh, capacity, right? Um, they can't. So whatever. The, the NATO thing is legitimate to be like, what the fuck, guys? Like the, the, there's just a certain level of getting punked and getting treated like some third rate entity or fourth rate entity that like, you know, you can understand how some of these world leaders would be like, fuck that. We're standing up to these cats for once. They've been punking us for 30 fucking years now. All right, whatever. Yeah. Then you hear this shit about, you know, basically <laughs> like that. And, and you don't know how legitimate this stuff is. Right. But you hear about Putin, who's always basically fancied himself as a staunch anti-Soviet, like, you know, staunch anti-Stalinist, all of that, right? And basically, he fancies himself as part of the, like, czarist traditions of Russia. Like, he thinks, he, he fancies himself to be, like, you know, dis, not descended, um, but, like, one of the natural sort of outflows or outgrowths of the the of uh, the empire of russia right like back when you know russia's had russia had kings and queens and dynasties and shit um he's more loyal to that and so his conception of ukraine as this like place back when we had this great empire that was part of you know mother russia and the russian empire is like so i gotta go in there and do so like this is in this is insane shit Right, like, could you imagine some, some, I don't know, some president of France being like, "Yo, I'm going to get Louisiana back." It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, and of course, like, it's not the same because Louisiana isn't on the French border. But you get what I'm saying. Like, you hear these things about, um, <laughs> the types of ideologies that motive that might be motivating this guy. And to me, that's scarier. Because it tracks with like this guy being a little bit unhinged and not being driven by logic or his own self-interest and might have just be flying off the handle. He's he's ran the country with an iron fist for 22 fucking years now. He might be growing delusional, Nando. Well, I heard a funny I mean, I heard a funny theory. Apparently, Putin is like a covid nut. You know, he's like paranoid about covid. You know, he's like one of these like. <laughs> You know, like double mask, uh, you know, uh, you know, and like he makes like, you know, he sits on these like these insanely long tables when he has a meeting like 500 <laughs> feet away from the person he's having a meeting with because he doesn't want to catch COVID. And, uh, you know, maybe the COVID broke him, you know, maybe yeah. maybe the two years of COVID just being oh isolated gosh. there in the Kremlin, just kind of walking around his bathrobe, uh, you know, freaking out about like any virus, uh, you know, made him made him crazy. But, you know, it's it's. It's interesting. I mean, it's worth noting, like you mentioned the, the whole NATO thing. It's worth noting that early on in Putin's um, Putin's reign, uh, for lack of a better term, um, the uh, he tried to join NATO. This is mm. like this was confirmed by the former head of NATO at the time. This guy, a British guy named George Robertson, uh, was the head of NATO from 1999 to 2003. Putin took over on Christmas Eve, I think, or New Year's Eve, like end of 1999, early and and. You know, his first year in power was the, was 2000. Um, early on in his reign, he was like, "No, I'll I'll join NATO. I'll be in a, I'll be in a military alliance with the West. You know, that way you won't invade us, right? Like that was like it was like a, basically a way to um, have a security alliance." And they said, "No, 
um you know they said no and this is like like you said like the, the nato doesn't really have a point um post-soviet union and this isn't like this used to be uh, a relatively mainstream topic of debate like now it's like seen you're, you're seen as like a far lefty if you if you say something like that but you know i sent you this article by ross barkin mm -hmm. uh, which I excellent article by the way on his sub stack yeah. yeah and he he wrote he wrote he writes about how he, he writes quote in 1997 george kennan who is like was former ambassador of the u.s in in moscow during the height mm -hmm. of the cold war he's the guy who invented containment as the policy like this guy is not like He's not like, some limp wrist liberal. He's he's um, not. He's, not he's, like he's a fucking hawk. He's a hawk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He invented containment. In 1997, George Kennan, at, at the, the architect of America's containment policy at the outset of the Cold War, warned that expanding NATO would, quote, inflame the nationalistic, anti-Western, and militaristic tendencies in Russian opinion and impel Russian foreign policy in directions decidedly not to our liking. All predictions that have come to pass. William Perry, Bill Clinton's defense secretary from 1994 to 1997, again, not some hippie, blamed <laughs> America's drive for a NATO expansion eastward for deteriorating relations with the in the 21st century. Quote, they were very uncomfortable about having NATO right up on their border, and they made a strong appeal for us not to go ahead with that, Perry said in 2016. Basically, the people I was arguing with when I tried to put the Russian point, the response that I got was really, who cares what they think? They're a third-rate power. And of course, that point of view got across to the Russians as well. That was when we started sliding down that path. So, you know, the, like the invasion of Ukraine is Putin's decision. And it was a huge escalation to the low boil conflict that has been brewing for, for many years. Um, and don't get me wrong, like it's his decision to invade. Like, you know, it's on him. But like this wasn't like this didn't come out of nowhere. Right. That this 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 has been this is like the West mm -hmm. has been poking the bear yep. um, for a while now, which again, and, and just so we can be clear, like, yes, Russia, Putin, he's a ghoul. They're the aggressors. It's fucked up because people need to hear this or else you're just like, well, Russia, do yeah, yeah. no, we're just saying like yeah, yeah. the the West is not blameless in this is all we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and 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 the the question is now like what happens next and you know it's it's a really grim state of affairs, right? Because everyone's obsessed with uh the Ukrainian president Zelensky and I understand why. I mean, it's it's pretty moving to see, you know, the president of a country in fatigues, you know, like in the rubble mm -hmm. with like his men standing on the front line, not like he And he like, looks good on camera. I'll give him that. Well, he's a performer. He was the voice mm -hmm. of Paddington Bear in Ukraine. Mm. Okay. Wow. Uh, like he was a comedian. He's like, it's like as if someone compared it as if like Joe Rogan was elected president. He was like, <laughs> right. Joe Rogan. Okay. Um, <laughs> gotcha. You know, which like could happen, you know, like, right, yeah, right, right. Absolutely Facts. could happen. Yeah. Um, and so he's a performer. He's a natural performer and he's, and he's good on camera and he, he understands the theatrics of the moment. And he's basically begging for a no fly zone. Which would mean basically the end of hum the end of the world and the end of humanity because the, a, a no fly zone isn't like this force field that you just put up around a country and then planes no. can fly in it. You it's, know, it you is declare like, a no fly zone, right, Nando? And if anybody dares fly over it, you shoot you them. shoot it down. Yeah, um, with another fighter jet, which means a direct hot confrontation, as they mm -hmm. say, between NATO, 
basically the United States um, and Russia to nuclear powers, something you never want to do. You never want to have a hot conflict between two nuclear powers. You can Sorry. have a hot conflict between two non-nuclear powers, or you can have a hot conflict with a nuclear power and a non-nuclear power. You know, at least it's going to suck and there are a lot of people going to die, but at least like the world's not going to end. Um, with like in, imposing a no-fly zone would mean American jets confronting Russian jets and shooting them down. Um, it is, it is, it would be a huge escalation of the conflict. The sad reality is that Ukraine is like not worth, like it's just not worth it's it. It's not you know I mean? like it's, you just can't, you can't risk that. It's, it's, it, you just can't risk that. And it sucks to be a country like on that sandwich between these two, uh, you know, giant powers that can't get along. Um, but like, we can't sacrifice millions of lives or, you know, a nuclear winter, uh, a nuclear holocaust over like a conflict in, in Ukraine. Like that would just be insane. Like cooler heads have to prevail. That means that there has to be some sort of diplomacy to find some sort of peaceful solution as quickly as possible. Which also means that the, the sort of muscular posture that everybody's taking in the news because let's face it, Joe Biden got seven points, point bump to his goddamn approval rating behind this Ukraine shit. Um, every fucking media outlet from right to left, um, center, whatever, is beating the drum of Russia. We got to take them down and confront them and blah, 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 blah. So our leaders are compelled to be like, shit, this is getting me cool points. All of that kind of stuff, which brings me to the next thing that I want to talk about, which I think our viewers are used to us doing. What's going on, guys? You know what it is. New year, new you. I get it. I, 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 we all got We all have our New Year's resolutions. One of them is to eat better, right? You want to eat good food, but you also want to spend an arm and a leg. And guess what? HelloFresh can help you with that. They have endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable here's the deal hello fresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so you get convenience without skipping on quality skip the trip to the grocery store saving you those weight and those long lines where these people don't know how to use a checkout thing it drives me insane so i know what you're thinking so what me i could just go to a restaurant Guess what? HelloFresh, 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. You could save, on average, over $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's more money to put towards those 2022 goals of yours. That's right. Whatever it is you're trying to do with that extra money, I don't care. Maybe you open a savings account. Maybe your, your New Year's resolution is to save more money. HelloFresh helps you with that as well. I know going out to a restaurant as i said is inconvenient particularly i got a big family man it's hard to get the kids in the car and go down no 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 no. we're gonna do hello fresh at the house they sent it to my house we had all types of meals the, these meals are easy to make they're delicious my kids love the pub style shepherd's pie they also love the bravo balsamic chicken sun-dried tomato spaghetti the list goes on and on get you some hello fresh it's delicious it is affordable and it is convenient 
convenient. So this is what I want you to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash BOM16 and use the code BOM16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, HelloFresh.com slash BOM16 and get up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. The promo code is BOM16. HelloFresh, America's number one meal. Examining the the discourse, Nando, uh, within Western media um, or Western the Western delivery machines of information to Westerners, uh, <laughs> which we can loosely call news outlets these days. Uh, it's it's been interesting to say the least. Before before I dive in, I just want to give you guys one quick antidote that'll let you know where we are with this Ukraine, Russia, NATO, US, China, whatever divide that we're at right now. Um, I logged into OnlyFans last week to see that OnlyFans font is in the color of the Ukrainian flag right now. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. (laughs) Fucking OnlyFans. Has Dude. taken up the cause of Ukraine and basically again, and I think Barkin does a great job in this piece of explaining like this is basically for liberals become like a Black Lives Matter, stop Asian yeah. hate, yada yada. Yeah. One of these easy signifiers of you know, I'm on the right side of history, blah blah blah. But the problem is this shit ain't got nothing to do with taking down a statue or renaming a fucking street, okay? Uh this is World War Three at the fucking that's at that's at um that's on the line here, and it's a lot more serious than that. And so the sort of pom pom waving knee jerk that you get from fucking liberals, of course, we and again we I feel like on the show we do a lot of like beating up on the liberals. We're like we expect the fucking right wing hawks to do what they do to be talking yeah. about yeah let's go fucking kill Putin, let's assassinate them, let's do this, let's go crazy. Lindsey Graham literally said. Russian citizens should rise up against Vladimir Putin and kill him. He's already yeah. advocated for this publicly yeah. on Twitter. This is a United States senator. Um, I would yeah, wonder just, what we would say if, like, a Russian, a high Russian official was like, you know, someone should just murder Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah, that, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. But again, Nando, it's like there's this like liberal knee jerk of. We know who the bad guy is, so why don't we just go kill him? Which yeah. is so well, stupid. It's a form of American chauvinism to think that we got to do something or that we right. can do something or we should do something. You know, the sad reality is that, like, intervention would probably make things worse. You know, yes, 100%. Um, that you know, this is something that Bessner talks about a lot. Like, there's this fantasy of the good intervention, like that we just do. Oh, like the intervention is fine if we did it the right way. We just always do it the wrong way. And it's like, we just got to do it the right way. It's like, no, that's not not how that works. There's only the way you do it. And it's bad. You know, like, we just got to look at the actual interventions, not some fantasy intervention that we can conjure up in our minds. Um, like, you go to war with the military machine you got, and we got the American military machine. And we've we've seen its track record. It's just death and destruction and nothing to really show for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, to the, I mean, it's it is it is interesting to see, um, you know, who people rally behind. 
um, and what lives matter, right? Speaking of Black Lives Matter, because nationalism, a hell of a drug laws, you know, when when the bad boy Putin is doing the killing, we 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 are very concerned about Ukraine, a country that like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people like, you know, certainly couldn't put an, identify in a map, but also like had never thought about before in their lives. Um, but like, do the Yemen, do the Yemen lives matter of the of genocide that we're aiding and perpetrating on behalf of the Saudis? Um, do those lives matter? Do, what the like, Saudis Afghan are doing is so horrific and abhorrent and just like ghoulish. It, 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 it's beyond words, right? And to the they're on our team. Like, they're on our before, team. Before, before I became just completely disgusted and sick of Barack Obama um, just because he's just like the, one of the worst capitalist shills in the history of life. Um, the first blight to me on his record was him aiding and abetting the Saudis in Yemen. Yeah. That was the first sign for me. Where I was like, damn, Barry, like this is crap. Like, and there's no, yeah. like, there's no, there's no obvious reason as to why we should be doing this. Let the Saudis do what they got to fucking do in their backyard. Go ahead. Yeah. Do it on your fucking yeah. own. We don't got to help you do this horrible shit. And the fact that we aided and abetted the Saudis in bombing the shit out of people, regular people in Yemen is just so fucked up. Right. Like that was the for, to me, the first blight on Obama's record for me before you realize that, you know, he was some Wall Street crony um, who, who basically helped these motherfuckers shovel more of our money into into their own pockets. Um, that was the number one for me. And nobody gave a fuck. And I and I know for a fact and especially not no damn liberals. Liberals no. could not give a fuck what was happening to the people in Yemen. And this is not what about at all. It's just we should no, Russian propaganda. You're doing Russian propaganda. Well. Come on, give me a fucking break, man. And and again, like, and this is not to sound fucked up, like what 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 do we have to do with Ukraine as Americans? Like as America, what 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 do we have to do with that? Like what 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 is our like natural allegiance to the country of Ukraine? Somebody has to explain this to me. Why we need to be gung ho about like protecting them from Russia? Like I, I just don't understand it. And again, this is the country that invaded um, Afghanistan under shaky circle, um, you know, under shaky ass pretenses. And Iraq was just straight up a fraud perpetuated, you know, on the American people. No, I mean Ukraine. The sad reality is that what Ukraine means to America and American. Uh, foreign policy leaders, the people who like make these decisions, is they're just a pawn in a chessboard, you know, um, that we've used straight up used because of our insane antipathy towards Russia um, that goes back decade. Well, it goes back, you know, to the Soviet Union, really, um, that we used Ukraine because it shares such a large border with Russia, especially in the most important part of Russia. I think like 80 percent of russians live kind of in the area around ukraine right um it just we just use them as a, as pawns on a chessboard you know like for our own fucking sadistic purposes um we've been courting them for for years for decades um you know they we've been kind of hyping them up telling them like yeah well, we get your back you know don't worry you know like nato we're gonna you're gonna join and it's gonna be great and blah 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 and they're like okay great we're getting the americans got our back and then no like that's the sad reality it's like as soon as like you know putin rejiggered the chessboard 
we're just like, no, too bad. You know, like, and I'm not you saying do. that we should be, we shouldn't be doing it in the first place. Like, I mean, it, the, the right move is to stand down, really. It's like, you know, mind our fucking business. But also, and again, like, if we were going to do anything, what we should be stepping in to do is being like, yo, Russia, how do we get you guys to stop, do a ceasefire, get you guys out of there, let them poor people in that country be, how do we step in to make that a, a reality? How do we do that? I, How do we use our influence and what we got to make that something you just stop doing? Because this is crazy. I suspect at this point, what they would need is a written treaty between the United States and or NATO and Russia that guarantees that Ukraine will never join NATO, that Ukraine is not aligned, you know, which is so not, what? you know. Who cares? You know, which is like, so is Finland, you know, and so right. is like a bunch of other countries. Like they're just like yeah. non-aligned. Like you don't they don't have they to don't... be in NATO or down with Russia. Right. Um, that's one thing. I mean, the thornier question will be like, what happens with the Donbass, that the region kind of all the way to the east of Ukraine and that, you know, Russia kind of seizes its own or whatever. And like whether they whether they they actually want to govern the Donbass. Like I, I have my doubts. You know, I, I've. Um, you know, talk, listening to Derek Davison, you know, he he describes the Donbass as kind of like the Rust Belt in America that was form like formerly the industrial hub of Ukraine, but like all industrial centers in the West, it's become like a you know a hollowed out uh, you know some like abandoned factories and all the social ills that that kind of uh, go along with that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just there's there's just, that's that's what. That's what could have stopped the war in the beginning, like a, a, a written declaration that um, Ukraine would not join NATO, that, that you know, that was always a hard red line for Putin. And like dangling that in front of Ukraine and Ukraine dangling it back right back was like that was a provocation, whether whether it was justified or not. In the end, it was a provocation, you know, and it, it remains to be seen whether, um, you know, that something like that, just a, a deal that guaranteed the neutrality of Ukraine would would be enough. I mean, it probably would have been enough to stop this or to stop something from happening in the beginning. But uh, but I don't know about now. I mean, but something like that, like cooler heads have to prevail. Like they have to talk and be like, OK, like what what do you want? Like, what do you guys want? Like, you guys don't want to occupy this country. Come on. It's so big. Like Ukraine is huge, you know, <laughs> and like occupying a country that don't want you there. Like that's fucking it's that's not going to work. And Blood, again, treasure. And, and that's what folks need to realize. Like the Afghanistan example is an important one. Obviously, it's not apples to apples, but that's what these guys are up against. Like those folks clearly, as we've seen from the news accounts, these people, the vast majority, do not want Russia's thumb on the scale of their lives. They don't want it and they're willing to fight. And so it's not going to be one of those things where Russian tanks just roll through and they're greeted as liberators, as my man Donald Rumsfeld once said. Uh, that's not what the case. That's not what the case will be. Like these dudes will be entrenched in guerrilla warfare for years and years and years to come. So you know, part of it is just like if you just take a real politic view of this and you just be like, "Fuck them." Let the Russians go kill themselves. I mean, it's going to suck for these Ukrainian citizens. But like, you know, just like every other one of our adversaries, as they watched us stub our toe constantly in Afghanistan and Iraq, like that's what you can just sit back and be like, this, this shit ain't going to end well for them. 
However, you know, if you fancy yourselves to be like the global peacekeepers, allegedly, man, y'all need to get these fools in a room and be like, yo, uh, what's it going to take? And again, I, I need people to understand this, too. When you're watching the news and you're hearing these guys talk about Hitler, it's two things. It's one. This is not Nazi Germany. They don't. They, they like. I need to stress this to y'all. They cannot take over Europe. They don't have it. They don't have the capacity. They can't do it. They don't have the resources. They don't have the manpower. They they just they cannot take over Europe. So once you hear people on the news, oh, if we back down and 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 we do appeasement, this is Neville Chamberlain part two. This is fantasy shit that these cocksuckers are talking about. And these are people who have the cushiest lives ever. And for whatever reason, they feel like they need a new Hitler in their life or else their life isn't complete. So once you hear these people say that, just know that they're full of shit. However, you know, when you hear some of these hawks talking their shit, about maybe we do need to engage these guys. Just know this isn't Saddam's regime. This ain't Kosovo. This ain't Rwanda. <laughs> this ain't some of the, you know what I mean? Like this ain't Kuwait. This ain't some of the nice little wars that we, this ain't Granada. <laughs> you know, this ain't what we was doing in South America or Central America. Like this is none of that. Um, if we directly engage with this country, it will be fucking horrific. The consequences will be absolutely horrific. It would be terrible. So two things can be true at once, right? Like Putin and um, the the sort of arms at his at his uh, um, at the ready over there can cause a severe amount of damage to a lot of people, millions upon millions of people, tens of millions possibly being affected by it, um, while also the motherfucker ain't taking over the planet. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just not, you know? I mean, when when Hitler was coming to power, like, was building up his power, like, the German economy was one of the most powerful economies in Europe. The Russian economy is smaller than Italy's today. You That's know, just to give you an example. And then the other big difference, which is, like, probably the biggest difference, you know, like, it is true that Hitler probably could have, had he not invaded Russia... He probably could have just occupied all of Western Europe because just technologically at the time, that was kind of possible. You know, these days with nuclear weapons, the big <laughs> thing that didn't exist back then, you know, that's not happening. You know, it's just not happening. Smoked. <laughs> yeah, it's not it. happening. It's a different type of thing. So, like, it, it changes the calculus on all sides, but even on the quote unquote appeasement front, you know, like, yeah. You know, like you got to make the calculation: Is Ukraine worth nuclear holocaust? And the problem, the answer is probably no. You know, yeah. what is worth nuclear holocaust? Right. Well, absolutely well, not Ukraine. As cold yeah. and callous as that may sound, absolutely not Ukraine. And and all these cocksuckers who call themselves liberal and enlightened and all of that progressive and all that dumb shit, who's really pushing this war drum, um, who's really talking they love about. It. They Let's take it. this aggressive posture to save the poor Ukrainians from Hitler part two. Like, just shut the fuck up already. Like, it's it's absurd, you know. And again, I'm not telling y'all to not like if you have the ability to financially support some Ukrainians and you feel like it. And these people are being put upon. There's no two ways about it. Like those people are being put upon. They are being fucking unduly. 
you know, aggressed. There's there's no there's no denying that. And 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 they deserve support and all of that. But when it comes to, you know, and and Nando beautifully uh referenced what Danny always talks about, like there's only one US war machine. There isn't this like you know, like this really nimble machine that could go into Ukraine and like, you know, just rat fuck um, Ukrainian, the Ukrainian people's way out of the Russian grass. Like that don't exist. All we got is big ass weapons and that's how we war. We don't, we can't do anything else. There are no other options if we involve our war machine. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's like, I'm not trying to, you know, there's this, just a grim situation. It's just a grim yeah. situation with a lot of grim outcomes, you know, like there's not a lot of great outcomes and the potential, I mean, okay. Like obviously nuclear war is something that's that we you know we don't want to happen, but there's so many other things that are hard to foresee, you know? Um, I mean, it's, it's get, get a load of how, how desperate president Brandon is, uh, was that, uh, they're trying to do a treaty with Venezuela to buy oil from them. Venezuela, you know, <laughs> I feel like Venezuela is like in the WWE. It's like, oh my god, I hear the Venezuela music, and the guys oh, like coming out with the chair. You know, like Again. it's like we're like all the bad shit we've been doing in Venezuela, like and all the like, all the, the shit know, the horrible about that country. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like, no, when it comes fine. to like the foreign policy apparatus of America under basically all of the regimes of the past 20 something years have been so antagonistic obviously especially in the chavez years because he had the he had the nerve to nationalize the the country's only and biggest export he was this guy spreading craziness he's giving Reese the country's resources to empower its people what the fuck we can't have that shit americans might think that's something we should be doing <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but yeah, they're signing the treaty with Venezuela to buy their oil. The Venezuelans are like, hell yeah, baby. <laughs> you know, it's just like, that's how, but I mean, I mean, we're joking about it, but like, that's, I mean, I, I read that in, in Germany in the past year, uh, as a result of the, you know, COVID and all the supply chain crises and all that stuff, like their gas prices went up 10 times. Like they could go up like another 10 times, you know, that's now crazy. without the Russian, um, you know, the Russian pipelines pumping oil in there. And it's like. I mean, think about what that does to the politics of a country. If like, you know, we're complaining about like $7 a gallon, which I've seen a few places here. Like imagine like $100 a gallon. Oh my God. You know? Oh my God. Um, And, you know, and just, just to, and I know that like foreign policy isn't your or either of our expertise, but I was wondering like, <laughs> is the, is the Biden regime like equipped to handle this diplomatically? in the back channels like are like are they do we think they can do this i mean my general opinion of them is pretty low mm. um especially given their behavior in the run-up to this you know um i have been you know it does seem like there was a clip that went around that, that just made me fucking go crazy where chuck todd was interviewing secretary of state anthony blinken and like chuck todd was like essentially pushing him to do a no-fly zone you know like shaming him for for like taking the no-fly zone off the table he's like why would you take it off the table like leave it on the table like make putin think like the no-fly zone is possible and like blinken's like no that's insane like we're not gonna do the fucking no-fly zone okay like we're not gonna do it you know and that was like 
heartwarming in a way or like made me feel calmer that like the secretary of state was standing up to this kind of creep. Wait, hold on. Shuck Todd was was saying that taking no fly zone off the table. Oh was yeah, weak? I'll send the uh, I'll send the clip oh, over to Sean. God. Maybe he can clip it in. Fucking but like, yeah, idiot. and like Blinken was like, "Yo, dude, chill out. We don't want to get a hot war with Russia." Fly zone. Leave it on fly zone on the table. You know? Right. And again, this is Shuck Todd, nice and comfortable, rich yeah. as fucking hell. In D.C. or New York, wherever the fuck he lives, it's just like, come on, give me a freaking break. Uh, why rule out the no-fly zone? Why not make Putin think it's possible? First, uh, again, uh, my admiration for President Zelensky has no bounds. And if I were in his shoes, um, I'd be asking and looking for everything possible from everyone in every place uh, around the world. And as I said, what we've already done uh, is extraordinary. And, and just to remind people, uh, over the past year alone, uh, from the United States alone, more than a billion dollars in security assistance, lethal defensive weapons that are being put to uh, very effective service by right. Ukrainians now in, in defense of their country, um, and other measures that uh, uh, we're looking at going forward. Just in the last week alone, Chuck, we have delivered uh, more than $200 million worth of security assistance uh, into the hands of Ukrainians. So yeah. all of that is ongoing, all of that's continuing. The president's been very clear about one thing all along as well, which is we're not going to put uh, the United States in direct conflict uh, with Russia, uh, not have uh, you know American planes flying against Russian planes uh, or our soldiers on the ground in Ukraine, because for everything we're doing for Ukraine, the president also has a responsibility to not uh, get us into a direct conflict, a direct war, with Russia, a nuclear power, and risk a war that expands even beyond Ukraine uh, to Europe. Uh, that's clearly not, not our interest. What we're trying to do is end this war in, uh, in Ukraine, not start a larger one. Let me ask you this. And, and by the way, point, keep, keep in mind what, yeah. again, keep in mind what a no-fly zone, just, just so people understand, too, uh, what a no-fly zone means. It means that if you declare uh, a, a space uh, no-fly and a Russian plane flies through it, it means we have to shoot it down. Yeah, yeah. No, they love the war. The media loves the war. They like love it. It, it just that's the the bloodlust of of any war just like drives me crazy. Um, watching the media, just they fucking love it. They just fucking love it. And like, there's so many people who like fancy themselves like playing a game of risk, you know, with Winston oh, Churchill and uh, you know, uh, Comrade Stalin on one and side. And these are dudes who've well never played. even been in a fist fight at a bar, no, okay? No, like, most of no. these cats ain't never witnessed any real level, any even, like, I'm talking about starter pack level of violence, Yeah. okay? Um, and, 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 and <laughs> these dudes are advocating for some of the most horrific shit violence to be visited upon people. And again, this shit ain't gonna hit D.C., it's not going to hit his Georgetown neighborhood. So what the fuck does he care? It's it's yeah. absurd, man. These people are just so disgusting. Yeah. No. Um, I guess I, I mean, my message to anyone in the audience is like, uh, you know, watching something horrible happen in the world. Your instinct is like, we got to do something. And the sad reality is that horrible shit happens in the world. Often it's, you know, at the hands of our government, but often it's not. And the sad reality is that, like, we can't really do much. And restraint is is the best way forward. 
or are really our only hope uh, because the instinct to do something, even if it from, comes from a good place, and I'm sure everyone in the audience comes from a good place, people in American, in the highest uh, echelons of American power does not come from a good place. But um, there is sometimes where those two things come together in which like we see something horrible and we're like, we got to stop this. Like we got to stop this. And it's like, you've got to consider the consequences. Um, you know, when, when, when the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan, also probably a totally unjustified invasion, um, we armed and trained something called the Mujahideen. And you know, who was one of those guys, <laughs> our good friend, friend of the pod, Osama bin Laden. Um, so, you know, that's an unforeseen circumstance at the time. Uh, like no one thought that that was going to happen, but it does. It just has a funny way of what they call blowback. It's like we wanted to do something. We wanted to help the Afghans. We gave them weapons. We gave we trained them. Gave them money. Um, and one of those guys was Osama bin Laden. And uh, we all know how that ended up. So, um, yeah, that's the that's that's the sad reality. Is that you know our instinct to do something can often get us into more trouble than doing nothing. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Of course, make sure you're checking out all the other Counter Dings offerings. The Friday Mailbag, Cinephobe, Pack Your Knives is back, folks. So be checking that out with Tom Habistro and Kevin Arnovitz, uh, where they review Top Chef. Um, yeah, man, uh, make sure you like and subscribe everything we're doing on YouTube. And of course, same thing we're doing on all the podcast platforms. Uh, become a Patreon on patreon.com backslash count the dings. And it's only going to cost you a cup of coffee per month. So please do that to be supporting what we what we do in over here. Uh, I'm Big Waz. That's Nando Vila. We out of here. Peace. <laughs>